Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, just we thought that uh, perhaps the events, the crisis at the Capitol that occurred on January 6th of 2021 uh, was in the rearview mirror. If you think that mask mandates are uh, forever a thing of the past, guess what? It's time to think again. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're watching uh, multiple storylines uh, and breaking news right now. Uh, currently, uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, uh, CDC director, is uh, making some announcements, some changes to the recommendations from the CDC uh, regarding mask wearing. We'll have that uh, and more analysis on uh, what uh, the new adjustments uh, might mean, what they'll look like, what they mean to states and localities, who has the authority to do what as it relates to mask, and so we'll uh, break that down as we go through the afternoon here on KSL News Radio. Also, of course, this morning, uh, the committee uh, on January the sixth uh, gaveled into their first session. Again, there were only two Republicans uh, in the hearing. There, they were both appointed by the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. So as uh, police officers uh, who were present at the January 6th Capitol riot, they testified before the Congressional January 6th Committee today. Uh, There was a lot of emotion as uh, members and officers recounted some of their own experiences on January the 6th. It was a heartbreaking day for America, to be sure. Uh, the, The most important thing to me, the most important thing to me that happened on January the 6th was that it was just a couple of hours after that siege at the Capitol that the election results were certified. The Senate and the House were gaveled back into session, and the electoral count continued until it was completed. So the question then becomes, as we try to think again about what this committee actually is, what it means, and what are the desired outcomes of this particular committee, will this committee help us move on? And what do we still need to learn from January the 6th? That's a good question for all of us to be thinking. Uh, But but we have to keep digging just a little bit deeper and a little broader. So I want to start at the higher level. Let's talk about some of the framing of the committee work today in the House of Representatives. 
Uh, also important to note that there are other agencies and other committees that have been uh, investigating the January 6th uh, siege at the Capitol. Uh, and so this is not the this is not like this is our only chance to get to the truth. Much of the the hard work and heavy lifting of this has already been completed and submitted. Uh, and so part of this part of this will be: Can we get to other truth? Can we get to other things that matter in this? Uh, and how much of this is just going to be political theater for both sides? And that's going to be the the real test. So uh, so I want to just march through a couple things as we think again about what this committee is and what it might mean. Uh, because I am going to warn you, this is this committee is going to be around for a while. Uh, this is not a one-and-done committee. Uh, this committee's work, uh, while I think they're hoping it will be completed by the end of this year, not this week, not this month, <laughs> this year, they're hoping that it doesn't splash over into the uh, 2022 midterm elections, though I am highly suspicious of that. I, I think it probably will splash over into that. Uh, so this is going to be a, a long process, and there'll be little dribs and drabs that'll come out, and um, many of them very politically motivated. Uh, and so I just wanted to make sure we're, we're thinking straight as we think again about what happened on January the 6th, what else we need to know, and what else we need to do, whether that's at the highest levels of government or whether that's at our own desktop, laptop, or digital device. It's up to all of us. So let's start. Some of the politicization, of course, uh, happened when Representative Liz Cheney, a Republican from Wyoming, was appointed to the committee by the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. In Liz Cheney's opening statement, uh, she was very clear in terms of her intent and her view of what the committee should be about. Honorable men and women have an obligation to step forward. If those responsible are not held accountable, and if Congress does not act responsibly, this will remain a cancer on our constitutional republic, undermining the peaceful transfer of power at the heart of our democratic system. We will face the threat of more violence in the months to come and another January 6th every four years. So interesting opening statements uh, coming in there from Liz Cheney. Uh, I'm going to go quickly to uh, Representative Adam uh, Kinzinger, also a Republican, by the way, uh, who got quite emotional during the hearing while speaking to the officers uh, who were about to testify before the committee. You guys may like individually feel a little broken. You guys all talk about the effects you have to deal with. And, you know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys helped. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad days, how we take accountability for that. Again, that was uh, Representative Adam uh, Kinzinger uh, getting quite emotional uh, during, actually was in the very beginning of the hearing before there was even any testimony from any of the officers uh, I want to play just uh, one uh, clip from uh, one of the officers um, who, uh, excuse me, who talked to and testified about his his own experience there on January sixth. During the assault, I thought about using my firearm on my attackers, but I knew that if I did, I would be quickly overwhelmed, and that in their minds would provide them with the justification for killing me. So I instead 
decided to appeal to the, any humanity they might have. I said as loud as I could manage, I've got kids. Thankfully, some in the crowd stepped in and assisted me. Those few individuals protected me from a crowd and inched me toward the Capitol until my fellow officers could rescue me. I was carried back inside. What happened afterwards is much less vivid. I had been beaten unconscious and remained so for more than four minutes. I know that Jimmy helped to evacuate me from the building and drove me to MedStar Washington Hospital Center, despite suffering significant injuries himself. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack, and I was later diagnosed with a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. So again, just the opening salvos of the committee on January the 6th. Uh, again, it uh, has not been a bipartisan work to begin with. Uh, sadly, I think there's going to be more grandstanding than truth-telling. Uh, and that's the thing we got to think again about as we go through this. How much of this is fundraising and positioning for 2022 midterm elections? How committed are we to get to the truth? And most important, what is the desired result what do we want to see different? What do we want to do different? Uh, to me, that is the most important thing. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.